Welcome to Sober Doc Coffee, a weekly coffee chat sharing experience, strength, and hope for anyone on the sober road to recovery. You can download Sober Doc Coffee weekly on all podcast platforms and check us out on Instagram at Sober Coffee Podcast and on Twitter at Sober Coffee Pod. To learn more about us and to help support these sessions, visit online at Sober Coffee. Here are your hosts, two guys on their own path to recovery, Mike and Glenn. Let's join them at the coffee shop. Digital Glenn, how are you? Digital. I'm in person, man. What do you mean digital? Well, because you're like affixed to that that phone, you know, and aren't we all? It, it's crazy. I mean, when I think about it's funny. We did that what, eight years ago episode last week, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, eight years ago, the phone was so immature. Now it's so mature. <laughs> we get... We get so much. It now it it sends it writes emails for me with AI. God, that sounds AI. that sounds so sexy. Well, well I know, right? do you really use that much AI? No, I play around <clears> with it, but I've just started to dabble yeah. in it. What, right? Once once I my job gets replaced by AI, I'll have a lot more time. Nobody to Nobody will replace AI. you ever with AI. Right, yeah. right. But you know, a couple things. First of all, yes. I love my iPhone. Yeah. Um, you know, I used to think, you know, like the way I would connect. iPhone is not a corporate sponsor of Silver no, they Coffee. Are. Um, but I love Apple products. I, mm-hmm. I, I have all of them. Um, but one of the things, like years ago, early in sobriety, I would use that as kind of a, a, a stopping point throughout my day to connect with my higher power, mm. right? Or, or just remind myself about sobriety. You use an iPhone to is, do that. Every time I plug my iPhone in to recharge it, oh. I would just take a pause, right? Because I thought, hey, this billion-dollar device needs to you recharge. Know, be recharged, so do I, oh, right? Interesting analogy. But now that my new iPhone 14 Pro Max Superstar, whatever, uh-huh. um, it goes like 20 hours on the same battery. So now I, I plug in less and I figure out other things. But my iPhone does like a 1,000 things, right? Mm-hmm. But I use it for three. Yeah, right. You know, So, I mean... Yeah, that's something to think about. And then, um, no, I am digital. In fact, yeah. I saw a report. You know, I get a weekly stats report from my iPhone, and, and was congratulating because my my screen time was down last. Oh, week. Oh, really? Okay. To seventeen hours a day. Well, you know. And I'm like, are you out of your mind? I yeah. cannot be on that thing for seventeen hours a day. Uh, I, I'm so with maybe. you for I'm with you for a couple of those seventeen and. <laughs> It's and still it's, going yeah, on. Still going I'm on. Sorry hey, for being rude. I should be, be more present. Yes, I apologize. A little behind the counter. Yeah. Uh, you know, we do have the YouTube channel thing going right now. People should, if they need yep. to, can uh, point people to uh, YouTube to get episodes as well. There's no video, just audio, no, just audio on video just audio, tube. Right, exactly, with the, with a cool right. graphic that Brian did for us here at Audio Hive. And, uh, and also, um, you know, just to remind people that associated with the podcast are blogs that we write. And there's some content there that they might want to check out. Sometimes it's on topic. Sometimes it's just a quick sentence that happened during the course of the, the coffee that we unpack in a, in a paragraph. So not to project, um, and, and not that I've been thinking about this because the idea just came to my head, but mm-hmm. how cool would it be, man, to, at some point mm-hmm. to compile all those writings? Because they're in our resource room. Right. Well, no, they're on our website, on website. under writings. We're under writings, right. I mean, they are some of the best things I've read. In fact, they are so good. I asked you if uh, uh, GPT was right, <laughs> if, if, if they're written by artificial intelligence, because they're so, 
I mean, just they're written by they're written by disabled or dis, a dis, disabled uh, intelligence mind. Man, I'll tell you, right. they're, they're just very no. It's just great it's stuff. fun. It's cathartic. It's good stuff. And, All right. So what are we doing, man? We're just banter. I mean, yeah, we, we're we can banter yeah, for an hey, hour if you want. Guess what? I see someone just walked into the coffee shop. I know he's a rock star. He's my you know. I don't have favorites, but if I had favorites, he'd be my favorite. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, we got Dr. John again. If you, Dr. J- John. Just quick behind the counter. If you haven't had a chance, go back and listen. John's joined us for coffee before. Super glad he's back. John, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, you had to you had to GPS your way back up here because you split time in between two of our wonderful states in the United States of America. So you join us when the weather's nice, and then I see none of Doctor John. <laughs> no, totally. when, once the once the snow flurries start coming, it's like where is he? I don't know. He's got. I guess he's gone. Once yeah. the leaves turn, yeah. This is still home, though. Yes. Yeah, this yeah. is still home. Yeah, good, good for you. Great well, to we're see glad. you, Doc. And uh, and you were part of my home journey. So just so grateful to have you, you know, um, we were talking a little bit before, before we went live here and when I came in and really we wrapped up our last episode with this statement, I mean, I came in, I wanted something, I wanted AA to be something for, I wanted my recovery to be something for me, uh, that w- was really, my expectations weren't in line with reality, mm-hmm. right? I wanted a softer, easier way. And I found out that the really my old way was the softer, easier way that kept leading me down a path of destruction. I came in and I needed honesty. And I can tell you right now that I'm sitting at a coffee shop right now with two people that gave me honesty and said, Mike, don't expect rainbows, unicorns, and puppies every day. That's not what you're getting, you know. And so, John, I appreciate you so much because you shot straight with me. And it comes from your years of experience. This is, you know, you're you're not. Uh, this is not your first rodeo, as they say. Right, 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 right. So great to have you back. Good to be here. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. So, um, when we talked a little bit about getting together for coffee, uh, I thought it was I thought it was the right direction to go because we first started talking about topics, right? Because, you know, but then you've got 30 minutes, you've got a box, you try and package it, present it, get a point together and and produce it. It is very hard to get Dr. John in a box. Right. You you can only only get Jack in the box. That's all you can get. Because I'm so long-winded, right? Right. So without me being too long-winded, I thought that it would be a good idea just, you know, you've had years of experience of sobriety and uh and had a relapse in the middle of all this right. um bliss <laughs> and uh so i thought it'd be good to just kind of talk about the real pivotal pivotal or seminal or major moments in your life that have kind of defined with where you got to now a lot of things happen in our lives right. that are quick to the moment but our life they leave us with a lifelong impact or a directional change. So do you think you can kind of unpack some of those moments for us? Yeah. If I ramble too much, just set me back on course. But uh, I I was thinking on the way here, um, what are we going to talk about? And of course, it's your show, you you take the lead. Uh, But what's going through my head is uh, uh, I'm getting on in years now, Mm -hmm. you know. And as my good friend Donna says, we're all on the exit ramp. Mm-hmm. I try. Mm-hmm. I try not to. I like that. I, I try not to be too morbidly preoccupied with that. But uh, those of us who've been around for a while, and I came in the uh, AA in 1980, uh, 
And although, as you already pointed out, I took a little research sabbatical after 15 <laughs> years. You guys called it a relapse. I called it a research sabbatical. <laughs> but I have the advantage now of looking back at hindsight. You know, hindsight is insight, and I can reflect back. And I recognize now that certain things that happened along the way that at the time I didn't recognize as a seminal moment uh, were, in fact, extremely impactful. Uh, a couple of them I touched on last time I was here. And I made the mistake of listening to my podcast yesterday, and I thought, oh, crap, I got nothing new to say. Plus, I sound like Pee Wee Herman when I listen to my, my own <laughs> yeah. voice. It's I, like, who is that squeaky guy? Oh, I hate the sound of my voice. Oh, it's to, terrible. To me, my voice sounds like, da, 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 Oh, see, so you get that, and I'm Pee Wee Herman. I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm on the total end of the spectrum. So, so early on, one of the most impactful moments, and I talk about this frequently at meetings, and I know you guys have both heard it a number of times, is I was about a year, year and a half into the program. I was bone dry. I didn't know... That's what it was at the time, but I was miserable. Uh, my uh, honeymoon was fairly brief because outwardly my life was still pretty much intact. I saw the writing on the wall, but, you know, I still had my career, and uh, my wife had, was standing by me, and I had the two luxury cars in the driveway, et cetera, et cetera. But, yeah, bottom is an inside job, and I apparently had enough pain to come in. But uh, the only, not the only thing, but the major thing that changed when I quit drinking is that my soul food, the thing that gave me relief from my ism, from my alcohol, from myself was alcohol was out of the picture you know <clears throat> so after a brief honeymoon I was pretty freaking miserable of course I went to one meeting a week I didn't have a sponsor I wasn't working the steps and uh, one night I remember like it was yesterday Friday night this is back in 1980 I'm walking out of the meeting and an old timer uh, looked a little bit like you in fact uh, now I'm 33 and mm -hmm. he was probably our age mm -hmm. and he calls me aside and he says hey kid come here and I said oh I said what he says you're not coming back are you and I thought, well, this, this guy is psychic. Yeah. He's psychic. Because I pretty much decided that. And I says, no, I don't think I am. He said, why? I said, this isn't working for me. He said, what do you mean? I said, I'm just not feeling all this joy and gratitude and spirituality and love. And uh, He says, so? I said, well, so it's not working for me. He says, well, where'd you get the idea this is a feel-good program? Right. You want to feel good? Go get drunk. Go get high. You know how to make yourself feel good. You want to get well? Stick around. Mm. Now, not only did that save my butt at that time, that was very powerful. I thought, oh, my God. Because like you guys were talking earlier, I thought it was going to be, I stopped drinking, everything would be wonderful. Sure. You yeah. know, I'll become a good boy and everything would be wonderful. And that has sustained me numerous times throughout my recovery up until the present moment. Because I don't know about you guys, but my journey has not been one of feeling gooder and gooder and gooder mm -hmm. and gooder. It's been more like up and down on an oh, emotional sure. level, up or, and down, right. you know. There are times when yeah, I'm filled with doubt. And there's times I ask myself, what do I go to these darn meetings for? I'm going to hear the same crap over and over. Mm -hmm. uh, there's times I just don't feel it, you know. Mm -hmm. And I remember what Charlie Healy said. And uh, as a matter of fact, again, in hindsight, I have found that if I continue to do the simple basics during those dark times, when I'm not feeling it, when I just plot along, trudge along, you know, pick up the phone when the sponsee calls, even though I feel like I have nothing to give, go to the meeting, even though I've, you know, when I just follow through, I've learned in hindsight that not only do I survive those dark periods, but those seem to be the periods of real growth. You know, that's when I develop my spiritual testicles, if you will. You know, mm -hmm. that, that's when all this making, not making mouse, but this stuff goes from my head into my into your heart, heart into your, my soul. Right. Right. So that was a very powerful that's a, that's moment. That's a great line. So it, you, you don't, you're not going to feel good. You're, you're not here to feel good. You're here to get well, is what he said. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, a corollary of that is and what I tell newcomers is never assess your own progress in the program. <clears throat> okay, very quickly, as you know, I worked in the field for many years. 
And uh, after somebody be discharged from our 28-day program, I'd see him in the office for a follow-up. And sessions almost invariably went one of two ways. I'd say, uh, uh, Mike, how's it going? You know, how are you doing? How are you doing in your recovery? I'm doing great. You know, oh, really? Tell me. Oh, I feel great. The wife and I are getting along. I'm working out. I'm you know, working overtime, blah, 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 blah. But that's good. Are you going to your meetings? Well, I don't really have time for those. Are you calling your sponsor? Well, he's kind of an idiot. You know, are you saying your prayers? Well, I'm a deep-thinking agnostic. I said, uh, Mike, I'm glad you're feeling good, and I'm glad things are going well, but I don't think you're doing well. Or conversely, Glenn, how are you doing? Terrible. What's mm-hmm. going on? Oh, I'm depressed. I'm anxious. The wife and I are still arguing. Uh, my sponsor's an idiot, blah, 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 blah. Okay, are you going to those meetings, you know, as you were told? Yes. Uh, are you calling your sponsor? It's a waste of time, but yeah, I call them regularly. Are you saying your prayers? Even though I don't feel it, I say, you're doing all right. Mm-hmm. So feeling good and doing well uh, is... is are two different things. You know, feeling bad doesn't mean you're doing bad uh, necessarily. Doing, feeling good doesn't necessarily mean you're doing well. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so critical because, as we'll discuss before, we'll probably bring it up again, the vast majority of people who walk through the doors of AA don't stick around. Right. You know, It's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. Yeah, so one of the things, and in, in in you probably set the stage years ago for me for this, but... What, what I've learned and, and I focus on is doing the next right thing, irregardless or regardless. I'm not sure what the right word is. It, it doesn't matter how I feel. Right. I just do it. If I waited for good feelings to do, I, I wouldn't accomplish anything. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'd, I'd be back drinking. Because like you say, if you want to feel good, go, go buy some vodka. Right, right. You know? If I do what feels good, it'll eventually feel bad. If I do what's right, it'll eventually feel good. Keyword there eventually. is eventually. eventually. Yeah. <laughs> That's like sometimes slowly. Right? Yeah. I'm mostly slowly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that <clears throat> you know, reminds me of, I was about five years sober, roughly. And more and more I was saying, what do they mean when they say work the program? Work the program. Now I understand, don't drink, go to meetings, say your prayers. I got that. But on a day-to-day basis, when dealing with difficult situations, interpersonal conflicts, whatever it may be, you know, how do you then work the program? And... Uh, and I was doing it to my patients and my sponsees. Are you working your program? You must not be working your program. Uh, and every time I felt bad, I thought, maybe I'm not working my program. So I checked with some old timers. And I'd say, yeah, Frank, what, what do you mean when you say work the program? I get answers like, well, you know, just work the effing program. <laughs> well, could you elaborate? Well, just work the steps. And they, well, how do, you know, with a slide rule, with a wrench, with a screw, you know, it didn't help. Okay? And then with the help of a good sponsor, uh, what I came to is work in the program, and this sounds a little boring but a little dry. Work in the program, I think, means to act rightly in spite of my thoughts and feelings. Okay? I'm still an alcoholic. I still tick like an alcoholic. There's still times when I'm tormented with doubt, obsessive worry. You know, I'm still a glass or a cup half empty type guy. Mm-hmm. And I think work in the program means to act rightly in spite of my thoughts and feelings. But to do that, I need your input. Mm-hmm. Okay? As Glenn just mentioned, I can't read my own label. I will always have a blind spot. You know what I love? You know what I love about this? The, the whole work, the program thing. I remember it just the memory came flooding back to me. I remember walking in to meetings early on and people, they'd go around the room. Yeah, I'm feeling great, man. This program has worked great for me. Great for me. And before I knew it, 60 minutes, it was just people saying the program worked great for them. And, and we were our father in and out of there. And I'm like, can somebody tell me about the program? What is the program? Yeah. And 
And yeah. So I have to I have to tell you a funny story. So I was in a big key business meeting this week, <clears throat> and we have an external investor and strategic advisor, right? And um, and we're doing some brainstorming. And and I said, hey guys, I really value you. I said we're right in the middle of this launch, and you know, I said I really value your input and perspective because it's very hard for us to read the label on our own jar. Oh. <laughs> said, You're using it outside. No, the I said it to me. Stop me. He goes. He goes. I've never heard that. He goes. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm like. I have some more. <laughs> I, I'll give you one too. And you know, in my last twenty years of my career, I worked at a at the Elgin Mental Health Center forensic program, and every month you'd have to staff every patient. And these were very complicated, very sick people. And you'd have a hundred thousand dollars worth of expertise. There were psychologists and social workers, psychiatrists, and then you know all kinds of specialists. And they would do get into neurochemistry and psychobabble and Freud and this and that. And many a time, I'd sit there and I'd listen. And something I heard at a meeting that morning would come out, like maybe the guy just has to learn to suffer a little better, you know, or, or you know, people can't read their own label, and right. people, they'd stop. Oh, Dr. Meisner, where did you get that? At a meeting this morning right. from, from a guy with two months sobriety, two yeah. months sobriety, and a plumber. They're waiting for like a, some Harvard and convention, a right? Plum, yeah, a plumber, you know, he's a certified plumber. There's so much wisdom in this program. Yes. Yeah, and, and that's one of the things that we try to do on this podcast. Uh, Dr. John is, there's so many words, right, thrown out there, and, and there's so many things, just like work the program, right? And and what we have committed to doing is kind of breaking that down and saying, okay, what does that really mean? Right. Like, what does work the program mean? Right. Examples, and I was just, you know, just talking with Mikey out in the parking lot, um, you know, personal thing I'm going through with a family member, and, and I'm like, okay, what does work the program mean? You know, one is being aware of it. Right, being being aware of the situation, being Checking aware inventory. that I'm building the resentment, being aware that hey, you know, I'm I'm kind of not feeling cool, right? Now, what do I do with it? Mm-hmm. Call my sponsor, right? And and I share it with him, and he's like, God, Glenn, you're an idiot, right? <laughs> and and or, or or I pray, right? And and I say, you know what? Hey, man, let me get out of my ego. Let me. I don't need to control this. I and and in the end, and we've talked about this many times. When when I have problems. With other people, most of the time it's with me. I mean, sometimes they're just jagoffs. Page page ninety of the twelve and twelve. It's a spiritual axiom. Yeah, it's Anytime me. I'm disturbed. There's something wrong with me. Yeah. And, and 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 so, for me to expect somebody to change, key lesson I've learned: for me to expect somebody else to change, that's a losing proposition. But what I can change is me and how I look at something and, yeah. and, and what by working the program and all these steps. I was chatting with Mikey about it, right? So I'm connected with community and. And, and now I'm talking here about it. What, what I realized is it's Glenn's ego, Glenn's control, Glenn's way is starting to creep into things. And, and so now I, being aware of that, I can help yeah. dissect that. But mm-hmm. it, it's really cool to break things down just like you did, you know, because we use all these words like peace. What, I mean, what, what does know, that mean? Can, can mm-hmm. I comment on that? Yeah. yeah. Self cannot transform self. Mm-hmm. Ego cannot conquer ego, you know. And I think the real meaning, or to me, the, the, the we, we always talk about it's a we program. Well, not just in the social sense. You know, we hang out and we call each other, we support each other. Mm-hmm. But for me, at least, God works through people. Mm-hmm. I need you uh, to, to read my label. Uh, you know, I think we alcoholics are people of emotional extremes. I certainly am. When I feel things, I feel them strongly. When I'm angry, I'm real angry. I'm sort of a 10 or 1 guy. And I think most of us are. 
And I think work in the program is to act rightly. To do that, I need your input for this reason. When my emotions are disturbed, no matter what the cause, whether it's situational or I'm just in one of my ism funks, uh, disturbed emotions affect judgment. Okay? Uh, I don't trust myself enough to just go right up to God and, and wait for that still small voice because that's probably me you know, convincing myself my will is God's will. And what I need to do is when emotions are disturbed, number one, freeze. I was taught it's the law of three Fs. Don't fight, don't flee, freeze, meaning don't act on the feeling. Don't pretend it isn't there. Just endure it. Feelings can be uncomfortable, but they're not dangerous. Then when you get the chance, talk to your sponsor, yeah? not your bartender, your sponsor. <laughs> In so doing, three things happen. One, there's some relief because a pain shared is a pain halved. More importantly, it gives the sponsor a chance to take your inventory okay, and point out, John, it's not him. It's not the other guy. Maybe it's your expectations. Maybe it's your pride, but whatever. Most importantly, it gives them a chance to give you some good orderly direction, G-O-D, which frequently is contrary to what I want to hear because mm -hmm. what I want and what I need are two different things. Then I pray for the willingness to take that direction. So that's number three. So please call your sponsor and pray on it. And then pray for the willingness. And it's all summarized in my favorite karate kid story, which we can get to later. <laughs> you know, o over time, I used to call my sponsor on things, and <clears throat> the the biggest responses I got, I mean, I can always put buttons on them. One is, Glenn, it's none of your business. Amazing how many times I heard that. Mm -hmm. um, two is, serenity prayer, you can't do anything about that situation, right? Um and thirdly is, that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, right. <laughs> I could call I took my the phone trash out. I, I did. I called him one time. I said, man, I took the trash out on, on time. And he just said, Glenn, it's what we're supposed to do. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it, it was um, trash, and I registered my car on time huh. for the first time in like 12 years because I wasn't drunk, and I was able to do it, and I lived up to my responsibilities. He said, and I was always looking for a pat on the back. <laughs> my, my mentor, Cecilia, who I talk about, she was my – mentor, sponsor, spiritual guide uh, about 10 years doing a very informative recovery and whenever I would take conflicts to her, which was often, she would say uh, things like <clears throat> he, she, they are the wrong pronouns, John. Quit whining. You know, <laughs> talk about yourself. Oh, you don't understand. She said this, he did that. She would also say frequently, John, they can't hurt you. I'm a real fear-based guy, and everything goes down to fear. You know, it comes out as anger and, and all kinds of complicated negative emotions. But time and time again, when I'd be all twisted in a knot over whatever the situation, they can't hurt you. Yeah, but they can. They can't. They can't. They can't really hurt you. you know? And her last thing she told me is whenever I uh, came to her and says, I've been praying on this, and, and I'm 99.9% I'm .9 sure that God's will is such and such, Nine times out of ten, no, John. <laughs> no, John. That's not God. When you think you've got God's will figured out, come and check with me first. Yeah, okay. That's awesome. I love that. So so she became a bit your sponsor, and this sounds to me like one of those other seminal moments, meeting her and having her introduced into your life. Um, so uh, she had, I mean, what put her in the, because it blows me away like that you keep coming to meetings and are sharing uh, your journey with guys like me who so desperately needed to hear it, right? Mm -hmm. And and I always thought to myself at the time, why would a guy keep coming back here when he's got five, eight years sobriety? What go go live life, man. You're free, right? And uh and here I am going to meetings at five years sober and 
Um, and you continue to go to meetings to help the next guy. And it, and she came to meetings just to help you. But, but just real quick, my first sponsor, her name was Ray. He sponsored me for five years. And after five years, he fired me out of the clear blue without explanation. Cecilia was his sponsor. And I know women shouldn't sponsor men, but I understand that. But Cecilia was older than Yoda and as, wi <laughs> and as wise as Yoda. And uh, so I called Cecilia. I said, Ray you know, fired me this and that. What do I do? You know, she said, let me pray on it. I'll get back to you. A week later, she calls me up and she says, John, I think the only person that can sponsor you is me. And I thought, damn, I must be special. Because Cecilia was widely, highly regarded mm -hmm. at the mustard seed. She'd been around mm -hmm. AA for many, many years. And sometime later, I said, I'm just curious. Why did you say you're the only one that can sponsor me? She said, you're the most arrogant asshole I have ever met. <laughs> nice. I can't imagine anybody dealing with you. I said, oh, I thought I was special. So let me complete my me my mental picture because you said she was as old as Yoda, which mm -hmm. got a laugh out of our engineer. But did she look like Yoda? Um, she actually looked like my good friend Stella a little bit. She was okay, a tall, thin right. woman, and she was probably my age, what I am now. Okay. Uh, she was an amazing woman. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of tough love. She was my Mrs. Miyagi. Okay. okay? And I allowed her to be. I think I, by then, in hindsight. So that's a point of surrender. Right. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's that's saying, hey, I'm not going to, I'm going to allow you to provide direction to me. Yeah, yeah. A sponsor can only be as effective as the sponsor allows them to be. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah, it's very true. Very true. And arrogance. You mentioned arrogance, and uh, it, it's good to have people put you in your place. I was an arrogant asshole when mm -hmm. when I was out there drinking. I everything was grandiose. It was all about me. I was a, my way or the highway. I mean, come on, people. But, but, you know, I didn't mean to be. The, I didn't the either. The strange thing, when she said that it was hurtful because inside I was actually feeling very afraid, very vulnerable, and didn't realize that the more broken I feel on the inside, the more potent I tend to come across on the outside. Super interesting. It's, it's compensatory. Yeah. It's not a manipulation. You know, never yeah. did I think. I'm always troubled when I say uh, uh, selfishness and self-centeredness is the root of our problem. And I know we should never question the big book, but... What I don't like about that, it's pejorative. Mm -hmm. You know, it's pejorative, okay? I, I was not a sociopathic jerk. I, I was never a mean-spirited person, mm -hmm. you know? I was scared. I was scared. And the way, the, the way and it doesn't excuse bad behavior, mm -hmm. but in hindsight, I can see that the way I coped with my hole in the soul or my ism is by being competent and potent and, and isolating. And, you know, so the arrogant, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. To me, there's a difference between being an asshole and acting like one. Right, Did I act right. like one? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did I tell my share of lies? Yeah. Um, but it took a toll on me. You know, it's precisely because I'm not a bad guy mm -hmm. that the bad behavior took such a toll, which is what my bottom was. My bottom was not external. Mm -hmm. My bottom was I just could not live with myself anymore because while drinking and drugging, I did things that violated my own value system you know, and the internal conflict. So I, I cringe a little bit with, you know, get honest with yourself. And you already mentioned it. Uh, you know, lying is a deliberate act, mm -hmm. and I have never deliberately lied to myself. I have never said, hey, John, two plus two is five. Okay? Denial is the inability to see. There's a difference. Okay? Mm -hmm. Did I speak untruths? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yes. When I was actively addicted, sure, I lied to cover my, to cover my tracks. Mm -hmm. I had a lie. I'm not going to, you know, had to get away with it. Uh, but it, it, I don't like to lie, and I don't mm -hmm. lie well. Mm -hmm. And once I got sober... There was not much reason to lie. I cleaned up my act. Right. Uh, you know, uh, why would I come to A and lie? Right. Why would I waste your time and my time? But even when I tell you the truth as I know it, 
I still may be off base. When mm -hmm. I work with new guys, I tell them, I'm going to assume you're telling me the truth. I'm not a good detective. Right. You know? If you tell me you didn't drink and drink, I don't know. I'm not going right. to come smell your breath. But even when you tell me the truth as you know it, you know, you're, you're still going to be off base. See what I'm saying? The yeah. inability to see and lying are two different things. You can only be as honest as you are well. Yeah. My truth today is different than it was five years ago. Right. That doesn't mean I was lying five years ago. It was just I've just become more aware. Sure. All right, so let me throw out a situation. Speaking of lying, let me throw out a situation. Off the cuff here, mm -hmm. I want your input. So there's a guy in the program. I'm going to speak broadly. Guy, guy in the program <clears throat> um, lies about his sobriety date. I know it. He knows it. I mean, I, I don't. What What should I do? What, if anything? Hmm. Should you confront him? Is that what you're asking? Yeah. Should, should I confront him? I I don't know. And I know him very well. I'm in the room. <laughs> <laughs> It's not you, bro. Oh, okay. I don't have a clear answer for that. You know, See, I, I don't either. That's why sponsorship I, working with others is more art than it is science. Right. You right. know, uh, I don't know this guy. I don't know the. Uh, if he's deliberately lying and you know he's lying, um, I would certainly remind him that if he lies, he's responsible. You know, mm -hmm. you can't make him be honest. If he wants to lie, he's going to lie. Mm -hmm. He's going to pay the price. Uh, I would remind him of those principles. Uh, not necessarily confront him with this specific lie, because then he's going to get defensive, dig himself in. You know, it may rupture the relationship. Um, you know, we, we, we act like sociopaths, but we're not sociopaths. Assuming this guy's not a sociopath, he has a conscience. So if he's lying, it's going to take a toll on him. Right. You know. And, um, yeah, and it's so funny when I'm working with guys now. I had a guy yesterday. His life is just melting around him, just melting around him, and and his knee jerk is to ask me for relationship advice and ask me for financial advice and ask me. And I said, "Look, I have one job, and that's that's your sobriety. Mm -hmm. that, that's my only role in your life. So, I mean, let's talk about the things that might cause you to drink. And you know, one of the things, anything within you that might cause you to drink, like honesty or uh, you're managing your expectations or accepting situations as they are. Those are the things I'm going to focus on with you because I'm, I'm not a financial counselor. I'm not a marriage counselor. I'm not a, I'm not a real estate advisor, you know? Yeah. So my, my first reaction is, is, you know, I call my sponsor a lot less these days because I already know his answer. Hmm. I mean, I, I call him. That's what you're supposed to do. Glenn. A thousand times. And, right, and I just, answer. And, and so, you know, I'm, I'm projecting and saying, well, his answer would be Glenn, it's none of your business, but I am actually working with a guy. Right. And, um, but it was just the only thing that I could come to mind is it's ego, right? It's you want to portray, Hey, I have longer sobriety than I really do. Mm -hmm. Right. That's the only thing that, 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 that came to mind. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, I've lied about my sobriety dates, you know? I mean, I, there's times I told people I had six months when I had six days, mm -hmm. yeah. you know? But that was years ago until I, you know, started living differently. See, I'd be confused. I'd probably lie if I had more than one. I mean, I've, I've, I had the one date that yeah. my date of, you know, my come to, come to realization moment. 
Yeah, but I lied back then be, because of the ego. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, right. You know, I, I didn't want people to know I failed again. I was afraid of people giving up on me. I, I've been tempted to, and I certainly tell my fibs. <clears throat> I don't want to get moralistic, but I have struggled with that because I came in 1980. So had I stuck, I'd have, what, uh, 43 years? Mm-hmm. But as you guys both know, after 15 years, I went on this research sabbatical for mm-hmm. five years. And I came back in in 2000, so now I've got 23 years. Now, my rationalization for my ego is that uh, exp- to, to me inside, uh, I feel the meaning, more meaningful date is 1980. Yeah. I feel like I've been around because even that five-year uh, hiatus, hiatus uh, was very impactful. I survived it. Mm-hmm. I would never recommend relapse. Okay? I don't agree with people who say relapse is part of recovery. I don't think that's true. I think relapse is when you turn your back on recovery. It's like a fire alarm. I survived it, and again, in hindsight, that actually deepened my appreciation for the depth of my illness. Okay? I think that made me realize on a visceral level that my problem is not just drinking and behaving badly, but even when I put the plug in the jug, even when I clean up my act and work the steps, I still have alcoholism. Mm-hmm. I will never have alcoholism. Right. You know, but with the sobriety dates... So I announce it, but yeah, I got 23 years, but it's a part of me. But I really have 43. Yeah, right. You know? <laughs> That's awesome. People get but your pens and papers here's out. Where, here's where my brain goes. I mean, it's just crazy. So two, two situations. One is when you sat there and say how impactful that five years was for you. You know what my brain says? Mm. Glenn, you might need that. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's just where my, that, that and then secondly, yeah, when, when, when guys in the room talk about doing coke and drinking, I literally, my brain says my head Maybe trash. Maybe I should have tried that. It says, that's my answer. I struggled, you know, because I got the shakes, and, and, and if I had done Coke mm-hmm. and drank, it would have been different for me. That was my solution. May I suggest that you'd be dead <laughs> had you tried the combination? You couldn't handle you couldn't handle one. You were extreme on the one. Know, hey, totally. so, so I'm the time master because we've talked about a couple of pivotal uh, know, there's probably or, like 40 bullet points. Yeah, can, 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 can we meet for coffee again next week? Absolutely. Can we do that? Let's sure. Yeah, let's sure. do a hard stop. Let's come back for coffee next week. I got a whole page of notes. There were some great nuggets in there. Let's get, get back together one more week. How does that sound? Sounds good. All right, sound good, Glenn? Perfect, man. All right, man. Dr. John, thanks. Thanks, John. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for today's Coffee Chat. To contact the show, email us at podcast at sober.coffee. If you need immediate help, the AA hotline is 800-839-1686. The National Suicide Prevention Hotline is 800-273-8255. Remember, Mike and Glenn are sharing their own journey on the path to recovery. Any suggestions, medical or otherwise, are their own experiences and should not be viewed as professional advice. See you next week, and remember, there is a solution.